Hello, Tappers. Welcome back to another episode of Murder on Tap. We are your hosts, Allie and Jose. What's up? Welcome, and thank you for joining us. I'm by, I'm Jose, by the way. And uh, I'm Allie, I guess. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for um, joining us again, and thank you for joining us for the first time if you're new. Exactly. How's it, uh... Hanging. <laughs> Slightly to the left. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's what people say. I don't know what that means, though. All right. <laughs> no, everything's good. Everything good with you? It's going. We're having a little bit uh, cooler weather. <clears throat> Sorry. Ooh. Cooler weather than last week. So that's good. Slightly. Slightly. Slightly, give or take. Although the air conditioning is always blasting at work, so it's freezing in there. But we always wake up to the smell of smoke because of the fires yeah, that are plaguing. Pretty gnarly everywhere. right now. It's like fuck. It's snowing ash, pretty much. But for real, there's like over two million acres burning at this point, and that's a really scary thought. And containment is low, but. Yeah, they're doing what they can. They're fighting. They are. They're um, fighting these fires. Our thoughts and our prayers go out to the many families. Yes. And many, of course, many all of the first responders. First responders, firefighters, paramedics. All of them. Everybody. This is scary. It's a scary time. The worst fire season ever. But uh, let's move on. And um, do we have any beer news this week? You know what? None that was interesting enough to touch base on. Just random stuff here and there. Okay. Yeah. Let's just get on to some beer and some uh, true crime, shall we? Let's do it. Alrighty. This week... Hold on, let's cheers. I almost forgot about the cheers. Here, I'll get your glass because you don't want to... Thank your ass. you. <laughs> no, I just cheers. don't want to hit the mic. Cheers. All right. Okay. Hmm. Let's get to it. Lucky stop snoring or grunting, whatever the hell that was. Okay. This week's beer is um confusing. Is it called confusing or it's just confusing? No, it's just confusing oh. because I had... Two different names of breweries that made this. <clears throat> when I looked it up online, it was actually from uh, King Harbor Brewing Company. But when you look at the can, it says Iron Triangle Brewing. So I'm confused. The Could it only... be a collaboration? No, it wasn't a collaboration. The only thing that I found, actually, I didn't find anything on either brewery. I'm not sure why. I went to the Iron Triangle Brewing, their website, and there wasn't even a website up. And I went to uh, King Harbor Brewing, and all they had was pretty much beers that they had made before. Okay. Which is very weird. I feel like you told me something about this beer. I did. So could that be I told related you about, to it? I told you about the website, the whole deal where it was like, I couldn't find anything. No, aside from that, the fact that it was like... Oh, and it's also, it's, it's discontinued. 
Okay, so maybe that has a factor to do with it. Um, it was this. I forgot when what the year was when it was discontinued, but it was a, a couple of years or a few years ago already. Interesting. I wonder why the beer is how the beer is still circulating then. I'm not sure, hmm. but That's we'll put both sides doozy. on there. Uh, maybe we'll get a hit. Maybe we won't. We'll see. Uh, we'll see who I can tag on there. Yeah, but uh, this beer is called. You might know this name. Adam Corolla's Endless Rant IPA. I love it. Fun fact, I think he lives somewhere where I work. Oh, don't give out your address. because Not too far from us. People are going to flock his home. Well, I don't know his address. I've never said saying. flock ever. That's your lucky day, you, f- <laughs> you flocking seagull. <laughs> Why don't you go flock yourself? Okay. Oh, no, that's flocking <clears throat> Molly, isn't it? Flogging Molly. Isn't there another flock of seagulls? No. Flock of doves. Okay, anyway, go on. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the one that I found stuff about was King Harbor Brewing, which is out in Redondo Beach. Like I said, I'm not sure if that's associated with them because they have two different brewery names. Um, I'm just going to skip the whole beer stuff and just move on to like look, smell, and taste. Because I don't want to give anybody a wrong, um, give anybody wrong information about this. Okay. And since we already had chosen this, and because Adam Carolla should well, be Well, did you a find anything name, on Adam Carolla's? Oh. Is his involvement in this beer, or? People should know Adam Carolla already. No, no, I just I'm mean, like, his in, does he have any involvement in the beer making? I don't know about beer making, but he has, you know, in an idea, a creative idea, a creative uh, mind in the uh, beer. Okay, so um, as some, many, or none of you might know, <laughs> hopefully you do, <laughs> um, Adam Carolla, which I'm a big fan of, is a comedian, an author. Um, you might know him from a radio from Loveline. Back in the day with Dr. Drew. Yes. Way back in the day. Love line. Great. Um, he's an actor. Uh, like I said, a comedian. He came out. Many people know him from uh, The Man Show. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy Kimmel. I remember that. Which was one of the greatest shows ever. And Crank Anchors. The puppets that make prank calls. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's he was also, also doing like anyone. this uh, to catch a... Catch a like you know, uh, I forgot what the name was. It was like he would get like construction like, um, ah, what are they called? Contractors that would do homes that would like you know they would spend you know a bunch of time. Oh, that was his show. Yeah, that was his show, and then he would catch a contractor or something. something I don't know what it was called, but yeah, yeah. Um, and he's also a podcaster. Of course. He hosts uh, the Adam Carolla show. Nice. And in uh, 2011, he set the Guinness World Record for most downloaded podcasts. Nice. I don't know. Maybe maybe when? now. Maybe now is Joe Rogan. Wait, when? What year was 2011. That? Oh, yeah. That's quite a while. It now. might be Joe Rogan oh, now. Oh, yeah. Joe Rogan's like number one right now. Uh, but and Adam Carolla. Bank. It was one of the funniest times when you could hear him on Loveline back in the day in the radio. Yeah. You tune in at night just to hear them. Here's Dr. Drew be smart and Adam Carolla just 
witty witty remarks and also a smart guy though yeah very i've heard okay so enough of that let's jump into what this beer looks smells and tastes like Mm-hmm. thank you adam corolla for this endless rant which people might know him also for endlessly ranting i think he had a he has a a couple of um stand-up comedy specials out Maybe on Netflix. You might be able to find him on Netflix or Hulu or even YouTube. Look him up. Very funny guy. Very, very funny. But let's move on to um, the beer. It is a 6.2% American IPA. And I wrote down right here, no longer brewed. Um, let's start off with some uh, some of that look. What? You did taste first, not look. <laughs> I didn't taste at all. <laughs> what color we got on there? So it's a very light, almost like a golden brown. Okay. You know what I mean. I it's golden. It's a beautiful golden like ale color. Anything else? What's the head look like? It almost, you know what? It kind of dissolved as I keep swirling it. It does dissolve pretty quickly. It does dissolve. It looks very light and airy. It's not like a super thick head. Uh, it's white. Let me uh, just say that when we say <clears throat> when we say sorry, it dissolved quickly <clears throat> was because I read that this beer had a very uh, thick head when you pour it. There's a lot of foam. Yeah. And they were right. It was a lot of foam when I poured it. It was. But it is uh, dissipated. Is that the correct word? It went away pretty quickly. And uh, it was a thick head. <laughs> <laughs> it was no, it was just thick foam. It was just, you know. But like I said, it went away pretty quickly. And now it's just uh, like a ring around the glass. The rosies. I'm just kidding. Okay. What do we have for a uh, smell? Can you smell it? I can. It's very sweet. There's it's sweet. There's a uh, definitely some citrus to it. It has a familiar smell to it for sure. What hop is that? Um, I didn't find any of that. Really? I couldn't oh. find any anything of this beer. So we're going Shh. by. Uh, well, you're the hop expert. I'm not the hop expert. Kinda. The only hop I know is hip. Whoa. <laughs> and scotch. Okay. Get it? Hip hop, hop scotch. Okay. Um. It should have been crickets. There is crickets outside, but I don't know if they're. Remember that cricket we had in here like two weeks ago? We should have kept them. Oh, yeah. We should have kept them, so. We kept them for sound effects. Yeah, just eee. Um, <clears throat> let's just move on. We'll say we'll say what the users, I mean, what the reviewer said. But the sweetness smells like, like uh, some kind of, like caramel, like a syrupy. Yeah, it smells syrupy for sure. You know what I mean? It's like citrus with syrup. It smells delicious. Yeah, you're right. It smells like a like a light orange set, uh, zest. Yes, it smells like it could be. Yeah, it smells like it could be some kind of like cocktail almost. Okay. You know, you know, like when you do like old yeah, fashions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I hear you. <clears throat> I no, think yeah, I'm getting sure. that smell from 
the an uh, old like, fashioned. Well, yeah, from the old, the drink. What? What were you talking about? <laughs> Nothing. No. Whoa. When you, when you take the orange slice and you kind of like, rub it against the glass so it leaves okay. like that uh-huh. like aroma and flavor, and then you kind of gently squeeze it and twist it. I hear you. I don't know something about it. Is that's exactly what it's reminding me of? It's okay. Very descriptive. Sorry. We'll go with that. No. Descriptive is your middle name. Thanks. Not the best part. Taste. Cheers for some tasting. Cheers. Let's do it. That's delicious. Um, again. That's really good. It's um. It's a um. Um, what do you call it? It tastes like something that we've drank before. <clears throat> as far as like some of the bitters that are in there, it's not too bitter, but you could um, you you feel the bitterness linger. Yeah. Like the residue is uh, a little bit bitter. I know what you mean. I'm trying to remember that beer too. I want to say it was the therapist, but I don't think so. But the thing was, the therapist was stronger. Yeah, it was. Like it had the same flavors, but more bold. Yeah, it'll come to me eventually, but. It's delicious. It's it is. It's, it's actually really good. Um, for a 6.2, it tastes like a little bit more alcohol content. But um, I think just because it has more flavor, like the flavor pops more. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so let me move on to what the real reviewers said about it. They might not be the greatest, but they're actual quote quote beer reviewers for the look which I don't think is right the first one is crystal clear yellow crystal clear yellow I yeah. mean it's hardly yellow it's well, if definitely you crystal more to, clear because I just saw it a little bit yeah but it's still not yeah, it's even then a, it'd be like a honey yellow yeah and I just said there was a high head which is a lot of foam mm-hmm or thick foam. Smell was piney hops. Spicy hops. Piney. Pine, piney. And spicy. Mm, okay. And tropical hops. And some malt. Which you would get from the sweetness. Yeah. <clears throat> but not so much. But the... Um, what did mm-hmm. we say before that? Spicy hops. Spicy hops. Hmm, okay. I could kind of see what they're what they mean. Not necessarily spicy, as in like it tastes spicy, but like you know, sometimes you add spice to food just to give it a little kick of something else, not necessarily being hot. Okay. You know. Yeah, I get you. Like say, like what do you call it? Uh, those those uh, dried chilies that you add sometimes. Yeah, yeah. You know, the red like. Pepper it's not fish. really for. It to be spicy is just an added flavor. Yeah. Um, and for taste, they put piney with caramel malts, mango. I called out caramel, didn't I? Yeah. And citrus rind. Okay. Which I would understand. I don't know about mango, but the other ones, um, I would I would put them in there. Yeah. 
Mango, I can... Maybe it's that sweet, old, tart taste to Yeah, it. I think you it know? is. It's very, like, I think that's what that bitter taste is. Mangoes aren't bitter at all. I know, but for some reason, I feel like with this beer, it's making it bitter. Okay. So, we got to look, smell, and taste. Uh, let's talk about the can for a second. Um, I like this because it's all black. It looks like, actually, um, one of those... Uh, Posters that are uh, that you find like at like a comedy club or something. That's you know like hey you know this person is showing up today at this time, like a uh, one of those Broadway posters or one of those you know show like a posters. playbill. A play no yeah not really the playbill that's <clears throat> different but oh. um it has Adam Carolla's endless rant on the top with um. A guy with a old school like megaphone, I guess ranting apparently, and um, yeah, it's funny because the website that I find, I'm not knocking the website, but they say that it's a certain percentage, but then I look at the can and it's a different percentage. I wonder Your why. advocate said 6.2, this one says 6.7. Interesting. Okay. <clears throat> so, um, like I said earlier... The one that I found for this was King Harbor, but right here it says brewed and canned by Iron Triangle Brewing Company, Industrial Street, Los Angeles. And on the side it says, smooth from start to finish, quote, I'd like to make a statement and then another and another and another, and I don't settle when it comes to cars, politics, music, or beer. So I set out to create a great brew to fuel barstool arguments and tailgate pontification while still achieving a fine balance between classic versions of the style and the aggressive evolution of West Coast IPAs, hence Adam Corolla's Endless Rant IPA. Dash, a beer that makes a statement. Enjoy. Signed, Adam Corolla. Sounds like something Adam Corolla would say. I wish I had one. Even had an endless rant on his can. He does his... I think I'm doing it right. I'm probably not doing it right. But give it a try. I think this beer was like two fifty, three bucks tops. Uh beer and wine and more and stuff and extra other stuff. It's actually total wine. Total wine and beer. It's like spirits and something and something and Yeah. More. Try them out. Let us know what you think. Ali will post up the pictures on Instagram. And uh we'll tag whoever we can find on it. We'll even tag Adam Carolla. Maybe he'll be like, hey, you guys are doing an okay job. Yeah, and then he'll send us a case of his beer. That would be dope. <laughs> Very dope. <laughs> We're big fans, Adam. Please listen to us. We love you. All right. So, do we have a true crime story this week that will make us curl our toes and bite our fingernails? Okay, so today's case is... um. <clears throat> a fairly recent one. And this is another case that's always kind of left me just with so many questions and so many other people, obviously. This case is also unsolved at this time. Okay. But um, there's not that much evidence behind it. So there hasn't been much progression 
in solving it right now. Oh, that's what I would have said. At this time. What would you have? But anyway, let's just get right into the details. Let's get it. So it was January 10th, 2013. And Lowndes High School in Valdosta, Georgia had just come back into uh, into session after the winter break. 17-year-old Kendrick Johnson was one of the many students who attended Lowndes High School. It was a typical day for Kendrick. He started his day with school and planned to attend a school basketball game after his last period, and then he would go straight home from there. Kendrick's parents, Jacqueline and Kenneth Johnson, were also made aware of his plans. So uh, Kendrick had a habit of, like, you know, keeping in touch with his parents I know I was terrible at it, but some people are actually really good at it. And Kendrick was one of them. He always let them know where he was and his whereabouts, and he always made sure to call. That evening, Jacqueline Johnson waited for her son to arrive home from school, but as the hours passed and the sky grew darker, Kendrick was still not home. She repeatedly called his cell phone, but there was no answer. She could sense something was wrong. Although a typical teenager, again, like I mentioned, Kendrick would not have stayed out that late, especially on a school night, without calling to inform his parents of his whereabouts. Unless something was wrong. Unless something was wrong. So, to be certain, Jacqueline decided to drive by the school to search the surrounding areas, and naturally the school was locked up because it was um, the evening time, and it was super dark, she could barely see anything. Shortly after midnight, Jacqueline could no longer wait and decides to call the police to file a missing persons report for Kendrick. In the morning, she decided to revisit the school one more time. Even though Kendrick had not come home the night before, there was a possibility he could have gone straight to school in the morning. So she made her way to the administration office to see if they could help locate Kendrick's last whereabouts. She quickly learned he had actually missed his last two classes from the day prior. While Jacqueline was speaking with the administration, it was approximately 10 a.m. and across campus in the old gym, Coach Philip Pipelo was teaching life sports. During this time, a group of students are preparing with the coach in one corner of the gym, while in the right-hand corner of the gym stand these tall wrestling mats that have been rolled up and they just, uh, they're stood up like vertically. While it was the beginning of the class, a few students, uh, a few of the students went over to the mats and they started climbing on top of them and just kind of like messing around. So they would like climb up the bleachers and they kind of like, you know, hop onto the mats and just, just mess around with them, I guess. Suddenly, while on top of one of the mats, one of the students sees a pair of socks. When she takes a better look, the student realizes the socks are actually attached to a pair of legs. That appear to be stri- like sticking straight up. So when I describe this, basically, it's um, the socks are sticking up from this wrestling mat that's standing vertically, and meaning um, whoever this person is is head first into the mat, like, like facing rolled up down. in the mat, or just yes. Okay. Well, we'll get there, but yes, there's so feet the, that the are mat is rolled up, up straight up. Yes, and the feet are sticking up from the top. Wow, that's so. Uh... Okay, although it's not like the feet are sticking out, but you once um, 
I'll post some pictures mostly of just that, but I'll post some pictures and you guys will see what I'm talking about. So, of course, this student is, like, startled and, like, freaking out, and she immediately calls Coach Philip over to check this situation out. When Coach Philip notices what the student is just talking about, he jumps into action and decides to lay the mat horizontally to be unrolled. Upon unrolling the mat, Coach Philip discovers the deceased body of Kendrick Johnson. In complete and utter shock at distraught, Coach Philip hurries the students out of the gym. 911 is called and the authorities arrive immediately, placing a lockdown on the entire school. At this time, Jacqueline Johnson is still in the office and she hears all this commotion going on in the school, so in no time she would learn of what had happened. So, I just want to give you guys a, um, just a warning before I describe the condition of Kendrick, um, mostly because of the fact that I have a habit of, when I'm searching these things and when I'm researching, I, naturally, I kind of, um, like to see if there's any kind of, like, images, not only just for posting purposes, but just for my own, um, interest. But if you do happen to research this and you stumble upon some pictures, I just want to let you know it's a little bit gruesome. So a little graphic, very graphic. So just major warning. So when Kendrick was found, his face was actually completely swollen due to his positioning in the vertical mat. All of his blood had rushed to his face. And it appeared that some of it had already began to drip out out of his, like, orifices, yes. So he was beyond unrecognizable, and his face appeared to have been smashed in. Like, when you see the picture, it's pretty bad. Like, his face, not only is it swollen, but it's discolored. Like, it's, like, this really blue, like, just blue-black kind of purple. Like, it's crazy. It's like a bruise when it's... But it's like... It's like it's, a really huge bruise. Yeah, it's like a swollen bruise. Like, wow. he's just... It's like a very disfigured picture. Um, Inside the wrestling mat, authorities also find two pairs of shoes. So, one of the shoes is actually found underneath Kendrick's head. So, while he was in that vertical position, imagine there's a shoe on the floor might have fallen either that or he was reaching for it we don't exactly know so the second um pair of shoes was actually tucked behind kendrick's legs and these were actually claimed to be his shoes they probably stuffed them in there yeah so what i read was that um a lot of the students some of them didn't want to pay for, like, lockers to, like, store their, like, PE clothes or their gym equipment or their gym clothes or whatever. So they would kind of hide it in these mats or, like, hide it behind them. And then they would just kind of, you know, okay. grab them so they wouldn't have to pay for a locker. What happens is, um, no, I'm sorry. So Kendrick is actually found wearing blue jeans, a t-shirt, and has, um, and his socks on, but he doesn't have any shoes on. So, for some unknown reason, authorities waited six hours before contacting the coroner to notify them about Kendrick's death, 
which is really bizarre because it's like something like that happens they like immediately call the coroner yeah. yeah no explanation has ever been given as to why they waited so long before calling the coroner once the coroner was finally notified kendrick's body was sent to the georgia bureau of investigation also known as the gbi and kendrick's first autopsy actually came back super quick like so fast i'm talking 24 hours and it was presumed kendrick had died from suffocation Medical examiners and authorities agreed it was some kind of freak accident. Like, they had already speculated that it was some freak accident before anything even, before they even got any results back. How is it a freak accident that you got rolled into a mat? Well, that's just it. So, hold on. We're getting there. They speculated that um, Kendrick was walking on top of the wrestling mats when he suddenly dropped one of his shoes into the mats into the mat and authorities believe that Kendrick attempted to reach in and grab his shoe when suddenly he fell headfirst and got stuck upside down in the mat. Uh. This would ultimately lead to Kendrick suffocating and eventually passing away. Okay? That's according to them. But wouldn't you be able to like wiggle yourself enough well, to fall over? Well, here's the part. The one part of this case that really continues to baffle so many people is the fact that Kendrick's shoulder width is 19 inches wide. That's pretty wide. The center opening of the rolled up mat was no more than 14 inches wide. So that's five inches less. So he was rolled and like stuffed in there hard. I mean, that's what it kind of looks like. But anyway, wouldn't it like wouldn't it need to make sense for the mat, obviously, the mat opening to be the same size as Kendrick's shoulder width in order for him to fall I in? I think so. Like, as but... deep as he did? Because that, I mean, or else you would kind of just get stuck or... But maybe, I don't know if it would contract once he lost his breath to, to his, you know... Yeah, but I mean, even then... But why would it contract? That's what I mean. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Why would it? Okay. There has to be, like, a logical reason for that, right? Even his father <clears throat> attempts to recreate the situation. So, of course, he did not fall into the map, but instead he lays it horizontally before attempting to fit his shoulders into the map. And, honestly, he can't even get past his head. So, even though Kendrick and his father may have not been the same shoulder width, it is still evident that the dimensions don't add up. No, they don't. Another key detail is how Kendrick's body was positioned inside the mat. Having fallen in head first, Kendrick was upside down with his hands straight to his sides. This was questionable because so many speculated he was reaching into the mat for his shoes. So if someone reaching into the mat, wouldn't one of their arms be straight above their head and not straight on their sides? Yeah, sounds about right. Authorities then decided to obtain and review all surveillance tapes inside the gym in hopes of getting some clue of what happened to Kendrick. So on the tapes, they observed Kendrick entering the old gym at 1.09 p.m. and making his way towards the wrestling mats. Their surveillance also shows while Kendrick is walking into the gym, another person is right beside him. However, it doesn't appear as if the two are acquainted with each other. It just kind of looks like two people like in the same place at the same time. 
So the po- the person walking next to Kendrick appears to exit the gym as students uh, normally did because this gym was used as like a pathway between um, like point A and point B, like where they would, um, this was considered like the old gym, so they would walk through it to get to the newer part of the school, I guess. Okay. So the other student walks out and Kendrick is actually seen walking towards the mats, but not even three minutes later, a group of students walk into the gym. When the group of students walks into the gym, they don't seem to notice anything strange going on. Like, they're not behaving different. You know what I mean? Like, or the fact that someone could have fallen into one of the wrestling mats. Like, there's no commotion. They just go about their activity as if nothing is happening. Which, isn't that like, you know what I mean? If somebody was, like, falling into a mat, you would probably hear kind of some kind of screaming or some kind of movement, something. Some kind of struggle, yeah. But there is no reaction from this group of students, meaning they didn't see anything, you know? Did they, I don't know if you mentioned it, but did they mention a, a time of death or something? Well, was that's it, just it. At it 109, hours? the last time, yeah, the last okay. time that he is caught on this camera is at 109 and that's like walking towards the mats basically but was there any kids in that class during that time well that's what i'm saying at 109 when he's walking in there's another student walking beside him but like i said they don't really they're not really associated with each other it was the other student (laughs) well we don't know that because the other student walks out of the gym so he's walking in he's walking out well they're walking side by side as if they're going to walk out at the same time but the student walks out and kendrick goes towards the wrestling mats okay okay so um right so this like three minutes like there's this three minute time in between before new students come into the gym like you would expect them to have noticed something So, some people are definitely not buying it. As a matter of fact, CNN went as far as obtaining the surveillance tapes and hiring a professional video team to scour through the countless hours of footage that occurred on January 10th and 11th. What they discovered was pretty shocking. So, the team discovered the files that were given to them were actually not the original files that came straight from the cameras. As a matter of fact, the files appear to have been altered in a number of different ways. Little video editing. Major. Some weren't even processed and saved correctly, resulting in the file not offering proper playback. So they kind of fucked up there, whoever touched these tapes. The team even confirmed a whole of time that was unaccounted for. So imagine, like, I think it was anywhere between two to four cameras. Like, these four, two or four different cameras. Basically, there's time missing from each of them. All of the cameras begin recording early in the morning. They all start recording at the same time and they stop recording at the same time. It's like the, the, when the sun comes out, when the sun uh, sets, whatever it is. So on these cameras, on these four particular cameras that um, are in the gym, each one of them stops re- recording approximately 11 a.m., if not a little bit after 11 a.m., and then the tapes start recording after approximately 1.09 p.m. And each one, like, there's, even though it's right within that time frame, it's all at different times that um, that's missing. 
So following after the 1.09 p.m. weird gaps of footage were also missing. So there were many instances throughout this day where the cameras literally just kind of stopped recording and then like all of a sudden they started back up again. Like that wasn't enough, Jacqueline and Kenneth were even more disappointed when it came down to Kendrick's first autopsy. From day one, Kendrick's parents highly believed some sort of foul play was involved. After his autopsy results, <clears throat> I'm sorry, after his first autopsy results returned so quickly with suffocation as the leading cause of death, Kendrick's parents decided to take matters into their own hands by hiring a private pathologist named Dr. William Anderson. So Dr. William Anderson was hired to perform a second autopsy on Kendrick. So on May 8, 2013, four months after his death, Kendrick's body was exhumed. And this is where all that's been strange with this case takes yet another step towards bizarre. After performing the second autopsy, a small bruise was discovered on the side of Kendrick's neck. Dr. Anderson's findings revealed Kendrick had suffered hemorrhaging. He believed Kendrick had suffered blunt force trauma to the back of his neck. So now there was an initial autopsy of suffocation and the second autopsy is stating blunt force trauma. Even more shocking, Dr. Anderson was baffled to discover all of Kendrick's organs had been removed from his body and he had been stuffed with crumpled up newspapers instead. What? The Johnsons were distraught and completely blindsided by this news. They were never made aware that Kendrick's organs hadn't been placed back into his body. So since the funeral home was responsible for processing Kendrick's body, the Johnsons reached out for answers. According to the funeral home, they had received Kendrick's body without any organs. So it wasn't that they removed them, but it was actually but his body was actually sent to them in that manner. And they claimed that the um the Georgia Bureau of Investigation had sent them the body like this. They were the first ones to officially pick up Kendrick's body. And they assumed that because of his, um, because of the way that he had died, like the positioning, they just assumed that the organs had, had decomposed pretty badly. So the coroner just assumed that that's why they hadn't sent the organs over. Essentially, the fact that his organs had been replaced with newspaper is not the un- is not a very uncommon thing. Um, so sometimes what funeral homes will do is they'll place either newspaper or like even cotton balls inside of a body to like make up for the empty space before they embalm them. And naturally, this wasn't the Johnsons' concern either. However, they wanted to know why they weren't told about their son's organs being removed in the first place. Like, isn't, I mean, especially considering he was a minor, isn't, don't, yeah, don't they have goes, to sign, like, consent for that? Everything goes to the parents. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So they weren't made aware of this whatsoever, and that's kind of what's, like, that's what's shocking about this. And... So, this is where the case takes a very messy turn. So, Kendrick's parents filed this wrongful death lawsuit against Lowndes High School. They sued the Board of Education, the superintendent, and even the principal. 
the lawsuit claimed that Kendrick had been attacked, murdered, and placed inside the mat to make it appear like an accident. That's what I think. But in, it was made to appear like an accident that he had suffocated or not. But um, the lawsuit heavily focused also on race and the fact that Kendrick was, because Kendrick was black, um, the case was not being taken seriously. Wow. Yeah. What year was it? 2013? 2013. And it was really crazy because one of the articles I started reading, like, it starts off with, like, when it mentions this part, like, it goes, yeah, you wouldn't even guess that for, like, 2013 that this is still going on. It's 2020. And it's still going on. on. Like, when? When is this going to stop? Like. Yeah, it's. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Like, this is a child. Like. It's sad how we cannot move forward. It's just ridiculous. We're stuck. Okay, so the lawsuit also happens to name two students who attended Lowndes High School. Um as possible suspects. So prior to Kendrick's death, Jacqueline had called the school's administration to inform that Ken, uh, to inform them that Kendrick was actually being bullied by one of the students named in the lawsuit. Um, the main student that was the of concern was Brandon Bell and he had a sibling named Brian and both of them were actually named as possible subs, uh, subs, fuck. Suspects. Suspects. So their father, Richard Bell, which is also questionable because in some articles I also read that his name was Randy, but for the time being we're going to go ahead and call him Richard. So their father, Richard Bell, also happens to be a former FBI agent. So the Johnsons accused Richard Bell for covering up the murder by manipulating the school and authorities involved. Jacqueline claimed that Kendrick had complained to her on multiple occasions about Brandon and Brian bullying and harassing him for quite some time prior to his death. Naturally, the Bell brothers were considered to be potential suspects. However, when they described their relationship with Kendrick, they claimed to be friends with him, stating that they had liked him and would never do anything like this to harm him. In 2016, Ebony Magazine um, posted an article about Kendrick's Kendrick's death in which they insinuated that the Bell brothers could be involved. So although the Bell brothers weren't directly named in this article, Ebony Magazine still got a lot of heat for the accusation and in turn the Bell family actually files a $5 million lawsuit against them and they win. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. That's ridiculous. So, in the meantime, when it comes down to naming the Bell brothers as suspects, it made me wonder what could have been the motive behind wanting Kendrick dead. Like, what was their reason for wanting to kill him, right? So, you're telling me that uh, this magazine got sued Mm -hmm. for $5 million? For $5 million. Because they uh, said that these kids... They insinuated. They insinuated these kids Yes, they didn't even mention any names, no last name, nothing. Okay, but the family did not... They didn't even try to sue or do anything about... Oh, we're going to get there in a second. their child having newspaper and cotton balls stuffed inside of them? Right. 
Right. Or not even just that. A not minor? even being told. A minor? Not even being told that his organs were going to oh, be that removed. That is wild. That's, this that's tells you the something. crazy thing. Right? So, I mean, I hate to say they they had every reason to wow, I'm, believe uh, okay. what they were believing about it. As I questioned earlier, what could have been the Bell Brothers' murder? I'm sorry, not murder, sorry, motive. So, after doing a little bit of digging, I discovered that it was rumored Brandon and Kendrick had some tension and were feuding over the same love interest. The only part about this detail is, that's all I could find. Literally. There was no specifics about it, so um, that's that. Actually, that's a lie. There was, there is a specific about it that I, um, that I heard about on one YouTube channel, but I didn't have a chance to actually obtain the police report myself. So I haven't seen it. This YouTuber claims that she sur- uh, she read it. So that, but I haven't. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna backtrack on that. But the whole motive is basically Brandon and Kendrick were possibly fighting over this love interest. Okay, but that's it. And with that, the tensions continue to rise. So the Johnsons filed a hundred million dollar civil lawsuit against 38 people including three of their son's classmates the school the local crime lab the state and federal officials five agents of the gbi and fbi agent and so many others so the johnsons asserted the bell brothers killed kendrick and used their connections to cover up the investigation Unfortunately for the Johnsons, because they had no hard evidence to back up their claims, their suit was dropped, and any charges basically against the Bells was dismissed. This basically results in like an even bigger issue for the Johnsons. So, in return, they're actually sued for more than $850,000 in attorney fees and more than one million in defamation charges so they were ultimately ordered by a judge to pay close to three hundred thousand dollars worth of lawyers fees to those that they had accused with no evidence so they kind of got screwed over by making these like kind of false accusations towards the bells okay So, it doesn't stop there, though. In addition to the multiple lawsuits against them, the Johnsons ran into a little bit more trouble where their credibility was actually questioned at this point. So, following Kendrick's death, his family was posting about his tragic death, and they decided to make these flyers demanding justice for Kendrick as they marched and they did their protests, right? So, on these flyers, the family actually includes a photo of Kendrick after he had passed obviously and they basically wanted to prove a point that some sort of foul play was involved like with how his um photo looked it was pretty bad but the only issue with this is the photo is 
actually a picture after Kendrick's first autopsy. So it's not an initial like first like first view death like photo, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like when he was found at the crime scene. This is after he's been like touched by the um mortician like like embalming and like they do certain things to the body. So obviously it just looks a little bit more um morphed. So because of this and all the different lawsuits that were filed against them for the false accusations, now there's these false claims about the photos. This made the Johnsons not look too good at that time. So let's move on and let's touch base a little bit on the crime scene. As mentioned in the beginning, authorities waited nearly six hours before before informing the coroner about Kendrick's death. And like I said, to this day, there still is no explanation as to why they waited that long. In addition to that, authorities did not tape off the crime scene. And they failed to wear any protective covering gear. So meaning no shoe coverings, no gloves, and they literally just walked all over the gym covering all the other footprints um, that were beneath their sh- beneath them and these could have been potential leads of like any kind of evidence, right? In the gym, authorities also discovered several, uh, several other items, one of which was a hoodie and the other was a pair of shoes. Although the Johnsons confirmed those items did not belong to Kendrick, the items have never been identified who they belong to. As a matter of fact, conflicting reports claim the items were actually never even bagged as evidence. However, the police report claims that they were. So it's a very conflicting and of course nothing was ever identified in the end. One damning piece of evidence found on the gym was blood. When the blood was tested, it was confirmed not to be Kendrick's but they also claim the blood had been there for a long time, so it couldn't be involved in the investigation. But isn't that a little bit strange? Like, wouldn't you think, no matter what piece of evidence you find, you would want to test it, regardless whether it's old or not? Like, you don't you know that. Running, yeah, if it's it. if you guys supposedly ran it against Kendrick's blood and it didn't come back as his, why wouldn't you take the next step to figure out whose it is? You know what I mean? Like, that's a little bit botched right there itself. In this point of the investigation, nothing further has happened, and authorities believed it was a freak accident still, while the the Johnsons highly believe foul play is still involved. In 2018, Kendrick's body is exhumed for a second time and a third autopsy is performed. Once again, the results come back as blunt force trauma. The only thing with this is that I'm having a little bit of trouble understanding is Dr. William Anderson is actually the one who conducted the autopsy again. So he's the one who conducted the first autopsy and he was pretty much hired by the Johnsons. Why wouldn't they... Um, pick a new doctor to do the autopsy to get a third opinion 
Do you know what I mean? Like, why? Might as well go out and do it. Yeah, of course, but they didn't. That's the thing. They <clears> got <throat> the same person that did the second autopsy to do the third, and obviously he came back with the same results. Yeah, that's... um. I think you need, like, an... You might have to red flag that. Yeah. I don't know. It's a little bit strange. So, anyway, the last known piece of anything related <clears throat> to Kendrick Johnson's case, and that's about it. There have no... There have been no new leads um, since his last autopsy, except for the many theories that continue to circulate this tragic case. And I don't know. I I feel like it's kind of it's kind of obvious, but it's just there's no evidence. He definitely, he definitely, in my opinion, he did not just fall in there. Oh, of course not. He did not just fall in there. The way that by the the sneakers it? were in there with him, <clears throat> the his shoulder, shoulder width, width and all that, yeah, that's just the positioning of his arms. First of all, all of it. It was his shoulder width stuffed in there, and his shoes were with him. Yeah, to his side. Yeah, stuffed in here. It's like stuffed behind in there with his him. like leg. Yeah, yeah. It's well behind his legs is a little bit different, but still, how would he get his shoes in there? Exactly. How would his Bigger even frame if he was small frame. even if he was reaching in there to like grab something, you wouldn't like take your shoes in with you. Yeah, it's like you dove in there like if you're off a diving board or something. Yeah, maybe that's a way to do it, but no, it's uh, I I don't know, I don't know. It doesn't seem like it's no, and that's accidental. No, it definitely doesn't. And that's like this is this this case drives me crazy because it's just like how 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 if there's so many like so many opportunities to have had this on surveillance, what happened to the footage? Yeah. The time lapses on how many cameras you said? Three, like three, three or, or four? four different cameras within the same time frame. That's the crazy part. The school is trying to cover something up. I mean, obviously. If not the school, then whoever is involved definitely has some big connections. The official parent? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, this this is uh, the Kendrick Johnson case. If anybody's interested in reviewing it, if you ever want to, I think you can download it or pay like at a a subscription of some sort to um be able to review police reports but if you're interested you can always follow up that way um i'll be sure to post photos i'm not gonna post that photo that i mentioned earlier with of his face after he's deceased because that's just yeah not my style if you're interested in looking for it yourself you're more than welcome to but just um, definitely a graphic warning. So, that. Oh, and I almost forgot my sources. Of course, uh, CNN was one of uh, was one of my resources. Heavy dot com was another one. I also got a little bit of information from Wikipedia. Another article from uh, All Things Interesting, and of course that YouTube. Um. The YouTube, oh man, I forgot what the girl's name was, but she had some pretty good facts on there. But anyway, there's a bunch of different um, little mini documentary kind of things on YouTube, so check them out. 
and that's that. Do you want to take us into the AOK? All right. So this week uh, on GoodNewsNetwork.org, it says um, the headline reads: Irish player gives up lacrosse tournament spot to Native American rivals, unfairly bumped from play. This week, if you looked up the dictionary definition for the word sportsmanship, there's a good chance you might have seen the, a picture of Ireland's national lacrosse team there. That's because rather than looking to their own interests, they succeeded their spot at the World Lacrosse uh, Games of 2020 to a Native American Iroquois squad who had been shut out of the international competition on a technicality. The eight teams slotted to play in the tournament were selected on the basis of where their teams ranked at the end of the 2018 Federation of International Lacrosse World Championship. The Iroquois Nationals came in third. Ireland finished 12th. Wow. Big leap. Since the Iroquois are not recognized as a sovereign nation, nor do they have an Olympic committee, they said it's committee. Committee. I said committee twice. Since the Iroquois are not recognized as a sovereign nation, nor do they have an Olympic committee, the International World Games Association, IWGA, initially disqualified them for championship play. In August, the IWGA reversed its decision, but with the roster already set, the point seemed moot until Team Ireland changed the game. In a statement, Michael Kennedy, Chief Executive Officer of Ireland Cross said, It's simply the right thing to do. As much as our players would have been honored to compete, we know the right thing is for the Iroquois Nationals to represent our sports on the international stage. Hmm. I think I'm over-pronunciating Iroquois. You are now. I'm adding an extra wah. But I'll correct that. You have gone above and beyond not only for us, but for what you believe is right. The Iroquois Nationals re- uh, tweeted in response, Your actions have spoken louder than words, showing everyone the true power of sport and the spirit of lacrosse. We will never forget that. Um, in an interview with U.S. Lacrosse Magazine, World Lacrosse Chief Executive Officer Jim Scher said, Some of the most inspiring gestures international, in international sports are when athletes from one team reach across and lend their support to athletes from another. That's exactly what the membership of Ireland Lacrosse have done, and we should all be inspired by their example. While it might seem unusual for athletes from such far-flung locales to make this kind of sacrifice for another team, it's far from the first time Native Americans and the Irish have reached out to help one another in troubled times. During the Irish potato famine, even though impoverished themselves, the Choctaw tribe sent a monetary donation to help alleviate suffering across the ocean. The Irish recently returned the gesture of donating generously to a GoFundMe campaign that benefits Native American tribes, particularly hard hit by the coronavirus pandemic. We heartily applaud Ireland's national lacrosse team for reminding us by example that true sportsmanship is built on a foundation of a fairness and courtesy. Sometimes, 
walking the walk means giving up glory in the name of a greater good and that is what being a winner is all about wow that's awesome that is awesome but if you really think about it from a uh, 12th place team to a 3rd place team it's not really um, something that you should think about hey we're going to play this competition because we're 12th even though they came in 3rd you know what I mean okay good job Ireland I think I lost you there but okay you did uh, a good gesture for a team that deserved it it might have deserved it more than you did but they still you know you still did a good gesture yeah and we give you the murder on tap applaud is that the first time we've done that maybe <laughs> okay yeah, that's pretty cool that's um that's pretty bold of them good news network check out the full article they have some uh video or if anything um anything else you would like to add to the podcast before we head out mm, no i moved my microphone <laughs> i did sorry <laughs> okay. no that's it thank you all for joining us for this week's episode naturally join us at the end of the week for another beer sode we will be here this time we will be here we've been here okay oh. anyway okay. so that's that and this is this and it's like this and like that. And like this, Anna. Anyway. <laughs> Who the fuck is Anna? Okay. We'll uh, post up pictures of um, the true crime. Post up pictures of the beers. Absolutely. Always and, make sure um, to follow, like, and subscribe. Of course. Give us a five-star rating. Leave a review if we would like. Um, we've gotten bad ones, so don't we don't mind them. Don't worry about it. It's your prerogative although it makes it sad i'm just kidding no um just just leave a rating that's all you have to do yeah that's it or just leave a like on instagram and uh, or not a like and we would know what you think of it absolutely but thank you for joining us once again thank you and we'll catch you next week